You're listening to the Tumbling Saber Podcast, a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Check us out on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's time for episode 174 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. My name's Kyle. My name is Corey. And my name is Carlos. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> for the first time listeners, Carlos does that each and every week. <laughs> How you doing everybody? Welcome back. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing well, man. Yeah. We all had a That's... good May 4th weekend. Happy May 4th weekend, everybody. I know we, we chatted about it on social, but... From my lips to your ears, happy May the 4th, everybody. Yeah, yes. same same here. I didn't mean you, Chris. Oh, <laughs> don't, you don't want to do any editing tonight, do you? Listen. Well, today today is Revenge of the 5th. That's true. And I did have tacos. Watch out. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. <laughs> I like you had a French accent there for a second. No, man, look, that was great, man. Like this, this weekend, like we, we've been talking about how crappy the weather's been. We got hit hard this winter and I had shorts on, man, this weekend. Shirt, just a, that's a beautiful thing. Plus like the whole, what was it? Just Revenge of the, of this, uh, of the fifth. Then we had Star Wars Day as well. And also first Saturday of every May is free comic book day. So that was pretty fun. There's a lot going on this weekend. Yeah, what'd you pick me up on for free comic book day? Yeah, it was a limit of five per person, though. Mm. And there was, it was just maybe like 30 titles. But to be honest with you, I was really not impressed. It was a lot of like, I don't know, just the stuff that I wasn't all that interested in. Anything Star Wars related that you want to throw my way? Nothing Star Wars related. I didn't even get any. Huh. Yeah, it was pretty odd. Yeah, I, 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 I've lost interest. <laughs> <laughs> that's a shame. Yeah, that's a shame. Uh, Carlos, did you do anything special May 4th weekend for Star Wars? I didn't. No, I didn't do anything special. Way to celebrate. I did nothing special. Heathen! He's a heathen! All all I did was buy, uh, buy uh, Star Wars Lego at double points. That's all I did. That's something. Hey, 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 look. Fair enough. (laughs) You celebrate May 4th as the way you need to celebrate May 4th. Fair enough. Listen. You, you you complained about beeping stuff out last episode. I'm not going to tell you what I did for my the fourth weekend, all right? <laughs> Let's keep it clean, folks. Let's keep it clean. Hey, hey, oh, yeah. good lord! It wasn't okay. the best western, but <laughs> you wish. Nope, nope. <laughs> Hashtag nope. Hey, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hashtag. We needed to record a sit disturbance this week. To get all this energy out, but we didn't because Kyle got sick. Oh, I was so... I was not in a good place last week. Hey, listen, you guys can hop on. I have no problem if you guys jump on a, on a Skype call and record something and send it over to me. You can do that. Hey, hey. Absolutely. Fair enough. <laughs> Go right ahead, Corey. I'd, I'd love to see it happen. You know, we're only hey. at, what, what uh, about 700 days past the point where you said, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I'll, I'll produce a podcast. For sure. Yeah, wait, yeah for wait sure. A, wait are, we, are we pointing fingers at me here? Mm-mm. 
No. Better not be pointing fingers at me. No, no. <laughs> There's no fingers being pointed. No, no, no. I, hold on a second. Hold, 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 hold the phone. <laughs> who who produced the Sith the Sith Disturbers uh, Sithness special this year? Not Corey. Okay, that's all. That's all I wanted. To, that's all I wanted to make clear. That's hey, it. look, Corey passed up X-wing Luke. I know. That's sick. All he had to do yeah. was just, was just learn, and it would it would have been his. And, it wasn't uh, a good year for that. Nah, <laughs> no learning. Yeah, uh, it was just yeah, it was an, it was an off year. You know, <laughs> this is more like an off decade. Uh, I didn't do much really. We watched A New Hope. We watched Empire Strikes Back, which is good enough. I mean, two of the finest films ever made. That that is enough to make a May Fourth weekend worth it. But I also picked up uh, for ten bucks. The 1988 VHS Star Wars box set. <laughs> I saw That's just, not the one that I got you, is it? No, well, they're they're. You bought me the three individuals. These the one I bought come in like a case. But the is thing the same is, covers. Uh, the covers are 99 percent the same. There are differences. Like yours, say, um, just have like Fox video on it. The ones I have have the CBS Fox logo on it, hmm. in red. And there's a couple like little X. The thumbnail images are a little different. Most for the most part, they are exactly the same. I don't know what differences there might be in the movie itself. Probably just little tweaks to the audio. Maybe a few shots were are tweaked or edited a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it is a, a separate set. So I thought I'd pick it up. The thing is, where was it? Oh, I picked it up at the Dirt Mall in Point Claire. And nice. uh, I I didn't check. The movies. I just picked up the box set and like, hey, I'll I'll snag this for ten bucks. When I got home to try and take them out to look at them, I don't know when the last time these box these videos were taken out of the sleeves because the entire thing is sort of stuck together. <laughs> it's all sealed up. <laughs> Humidity has gotten to this thing over the years to the point where it's like, no, it's over. Like I, you're never gonna see what's in there. But that didn't stop me. See, like I I bought I took out the ruler. And knife, and I carved that thing up, and now it's completely ruined. Like it's, <laughs> <laughs> I butchered it. It's destroyed. But then I just taped it all back together, and it's back on the shelf. So technically, I oh, still own dear. the set, even though it's. I mean, it was in trash condi- condition to begin with. So I didn't. I didn't care. I just wanted to have it. But yeah, no, I I, I wrecked it even more than it was already wrecked. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's ease into the podcast here um what collecting update oh, oh. Why, do you have one i do okay go for it and for star wars weekend the only big thing i did was uh i watched i in- finally introduced my son my seven-year-old son to uh revenge of the sith he's n- he had never seen that one so kind of let him do that on Friday night. It was on showcase. He stayed up a little late, but that was okay. Cause he was super into it and it was actually, ah, love that movie. So good. So that was, that was, I don't know, very, uh, I don't know. It just felt like a good uh, star Wars weekend just cause of that thing. But also I did finally find a black series, six inch general grievous in the wild. Pull the trigger. I saw those at Toys R Us last week for 69 bucks. You didn't pay that, did 60? you? No, no. 
Okay. Oh, it's 30, 34 dollars Toys R Us? EB Games. Yeah, it's or better. It's my, it's my honey hole area down in uh, the Valley Field. What a stupid name there. for a town. I got to tell you, that is the worst name for a town. You know, my, my old roommate used to say, because it's actually Salaberry to Valley Field. And he's like, he's like you That's know, worse. It's, he's like, it sounds like a swear. He's like, Salaberry to Valley Field. <laughs> it kind of uh, does. <laughs> Yeah, he used to, that was Mauser used to say that all the time. But uh, anyhow, yeah, it, it was sweet, man. I, I got a big. I was looking around everywhere, and the craziest part about that store too is that they had, uh, oh Christ, they had an abundance of Black Series figures right at the door, fifty percent off. Any uh, useful ones? I mean, depends what you're looking for, but I pretty much had them all. I mean, but yeah, that's a uh, that's a shame. <laughs> What? I don't know. You know, I paid full price probably for for the better part of them, anyhow. But uh, yeah, they had a, they had a lot. Have I you mean, seen uh, Have you seen um, the B one Battle Droid or Attack of the Clones Padme? No, not yet. But I did see. I wanted to call you this afternoon, but the box was pretty dinged up. But it was uh, Hoth Leia at the good old uh, Valley Field again, Walmart. And you should You should have called me. Yeah, eh? it'll still still be there. Like, there's something odd about that store. Like, even the the archive line is just stacked deep. I know it was distributed everywhere, but I'm talking about that. I think there was like four IG88s. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that line's not hard to. I mean, Boba Fett's tougher to find, but he for a while he was not. Like, I I saw him at every single Walmart Toys R Us that I hit. Now yep. he's a little tougher. Yeah, I but, agree. But the others, the the X-wing Luke, the Boba Fett, uh, sorry, the IG88, the Bosk. No, no problem. Um, yeah, you should have called me about that that uh, Hoth Leia. I could definitely use that. I have the Bespin Escape, so it's essentially the same yeah, figure. I saw that the other week. Bastardo. Oh, you need that one, do you? Yeah, that's a nice oh, one. That's Padme too. That's a shame. <laughs> mm. uh, Carlos, which uh, which Legos did you pick up? The problem with this is. <clears throat> I got Darth Vader's castle. Ooh. And it's on the Lego store at uh, it's 119 uh, Canadian instead of 150. Not bad. But the but the problem is it's back order. So I didn't want to announce it because I already had this problem with Luke's X-Wing in the summer where it was back ordered and I was supposed to get it and the order got canceled. So I, I'm a little worried I right can't now. stand that. That's that's like Seinfeld when they take the reservation, but you don't know how to hold the reservation. Yeah. <laughs> that's the essence yeah. of the reservation is the holding. Anybody can just take a reservation. <laughs> I mean, that drives me bananas. Like, yeah, we took your order. Eh, we didn't feel like producing the stuff. What are you going to do? Unbelievable. I hate that. So that So you're waiting on... And that actually, that actually really sucks because if you see it on Amazon or somewhere somewhere else, you're going to be tempted to buy it so that you can actually get your hands on it, and then but then worry about well, can I cancel my order through Lego Store? Like, what a mess! That's so stupid. I I, I the only I reason hate it for why you. I, yeah no, but the only reason why I, I jumped on it is because it's uh, double points on everything Star Wars. 
So this uh, spending 119 on this gives me uh, 240 VIP points, which puts me close to uh, 85 or 90 dollars of uh, VIP uh, bonus points. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna take the shot, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not counting my chickens before they hatch. Um, but uh, I did uh, pick up the uh, the BB-8 at ninety dollars instead of one twenty nine. That's a pretty solid little discount. Oh my that's god! You've had, that's one you've had before too, no? Yes, I had it in the past, Corey. Let's bring up the past. Let's dredge <laughs> it up. <laughs> Whatever. I'm just making sure. Yeah, no, it's at ninety ninety nine right now, Canadian dollars. So if you put this down to U.S. dollars, it's probably seventy bucks for a thousand one hundred and six pieces. It's a, it's an amazing deal. That is a good deal. Damn. Uh, yeah, so that's it. That's, that is our collecting update done for the week, I assume. Unless Corey wants to just slide in a bunch of other things. I could. Little turd. (laughs) I bought X-Men, Uncanny X-Men 282 last night and I was all stoked about it. It's the first appearance of Bishop, who I love from X-Men. I'm like, check this, bro. Had to pull the trigger. Kyle's just like, hmm, I have multiple copies, I believe. Yeah, I do have. I, like, I, actually, I, I have. I have that issue a bunch of times. I could have just given one to you. When I read the text, that's how I read it in my head. I was like, "Pshaw." <laughs> how many beers deep were you? Uh, well, it wasn't too late, was it? it was Not anyway, I didn't it was really pretty drink. late. Yeah, it was. It was like last night. it was like eleven thirty. Oh, that's not late. <laughs> for hey, for me, it's late. I struggled through SNL. With, with Adam Sandler back. Did you watch it? No, unfortunately, I did not. You're a fool. It yeah, was, I'll it catch was, it was really though. good. It was really, really good. Did he do Canteen Boy? Uh, I don't want to spoil it. What? I don't know if we have a... Okay, do we have a spoiler-sensitive crowd for SNL? No! Okay, for SNL! All right, I think fine. I know about this. I think I read an article. So they did not do Canteen Boy, but what they did do, because everybody expected, right? Adam Sandler's back. They're going to do this guy and that guy and Canteen Boy and all the thousand different characters he brought. Instead, what they did was a uh, Sandler family reunion skit where everybody kind of popped in and played a caricaturized version of one of Sandler's SNL creations. And it turned out to be really funny. So somebody came along and played Canteen Boy. Actually, uh, Melissa Villasenor. Uh, played Canteen Boy, and she did a really great job. Uh, so, yeah, different players came in and did, just. Did anybody do Opera Man? No, Opera Man was actually oh. part of Weekend Update. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah, really, really, it was hilarious to do, or hilarious to see after so long. They brought, so yeah, they brought Opera Man back to close out Weekend Update, which it, it was, it was a, it was a joy to watch. What a blast that was! But the, the, I guess the real draw of the show, if you stayed up till the end, was uh, the, to close the show, Adam Sandler with his guitar uh, doing a tribute to Chris Farley. Aww. Ah, super nice. Anyway, back on course here with Star Wars. Uh, let's clean up a little business here from around the Star Wars Commonwealth and say goodbye to the Tatooine Sons, who push off to a new home on the MSW Podcast Network. So from all of us here, I just want to say to uh, David and Nate and Sam, best of luck, guys. Thank you so much for being part of the Star Wars Commonwealth. And of course, we're always just a tweet or email away. So uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll still be 
in touch with the boys over there. But just a thank you for being part of the Commonwealth and all the best on the new chapter of your journey. Ditto. <laughs> Eloquent. <laughs> I was also said. Not much else to say there. Well, thank you. Uh, all right. So some sad, sad news to get through here. Uh, this one stung for fandom. Big, 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 big time. Uh, certainly for me in particular, because Peter Mayhew was my guy. Uh, but he passed away actually on April 30th. And we only found out about it, what, May 2nd or so? Something like that. But yeah, Peter Mayhew is now one with the Force. And a lot of tributes coming out. A lot of people paying his, his respects, which was so nice to see. This guy definitely, you know, he's not a Harrison Ford. He's not Mark Hamill. He's not Carrie Fisher. But to see the impact he made is on the same level as as some of the recent passings that we've seen, um, which is which is a testament to Peter Mayhew because I can attest to having met the guy. What a big, warm, engaging, friendly guy, which is what we heard over and over. This guy is he was just a gentle giant, and he was totally that. And so we are. Our fandom is less now for, for not having him with us anymore. But at the same time, he has enriched both the the movies and our fandom by his presence. So he will certainly be truly, truly missed. How do you guys feel about Mr. Mayhew, Corey? You know, pretty much almost have the same things when thinking about it written down here as, as you, man. But like something that was actually really surprising to me was, I wouldn't say surprising, but uh, really nice. Actually, I will say surprising. Like, it's just the, the absolute outpouring once the news broke, right? Granted, on Twitter, social media, we're more connected to fandom, right? So our ears were to the ground. News came along. But again, just the, the outpouring uh, on the news, local news, uh, like statewide news, like international news, on the radio first thing in the morning. It's almost all I heard on the local news radio so I thought that was actually really amazing, especially the way a lot of people spoke up, like Harrison Ford, what he had to say was absolutely beautiful, Mark Hamill as well, and just tons of others. So that was really nice. And like you said, Kyle, it's a testament to who he was. I never had the chance to meet him, unfortunately, but he said he seemed like a just a really, really nice guy, like a gentle giant. So, you know, he's up there, like you said, one with the force and chilling with Carrie and his buddy Kenny Baker for now, you know, that's a hell of a trio. So my heart goes up to him and his family, and you know we could all take solace in the fact that you said he's he's now one with the forest, man. Yeah, Carlos, did you uh, did you shed any tears last Thursday? Uh, <laughs> I didn't shed tears, but uh, I mean, obviously, I feel bad for for his family, and uh, so it's it's a it's a tough thing to to you know to to to, to, to get around. Nobody wants to lose somebody from their family, and. I had never met the man, uh, and uh, since he he's been in retirement, this is one thing that I really don't like. Is you know how everybody on social media, you know they, you know the thoughts and prayers people, you know, like they're they're always in a rush to try to eulogize someone. When you know when one when a person dies, usually they pick the best orator to do the eulogy, but everybody wants to be. The, the person who does the eulogy nowadays and not everybody is made from the same cloth. <laughs> and I, there was one thing that really bugged me and it was Chewy Chewie's with Han now. And I'm like, wait a sec. <laughs> wait, Harrison 
Hold, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Harrison Ford didn't die. And Chewie's still alive in the movies. So you're just a moron. Who yeah, you are uh, crossing the streams. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing? Like, just take your time. If somebody else said, okay, now uh, he's with uh, Carrie Fisher and Kenny Baker, then you could say, okay, fine. And that dude who played Akbar, he's dead too, right? Eric Bowersfeld, yes. Yes. So, like, yeah, you could say that, but Chewie's with Han- but Chewie's still alive, and Harrison Ford's still alive. So, what are you, what are you getting at? Like, pull the reins back a little bit. I understand people, you know, they want to, you know, they want to feel, like, make an emotional moment. And we saw some of the cartoons from the New Yorker, where uh, Chewie's at the, the gates of heaven, and uh, he uh, does that thing, and then Peter's like, "Pardon." <laughs> <laughs> Like, that was cool, you know, but like everybody was rushing to do it. And it's like, come on, a little bit of class people, you know, like, I I, I guess some, you know, most people are well-meaning and there's a lot of like clickbait things. No, I know what you mean. Like people are, you know, people are, you can grieve in your own way, but I know what you mean. Like if say, be consistent, you know, don't. Or smart. How about smart? Like well, intelligence now you might is be underrated. Asking, yeah, you might be asking a little much. Well, yeah, that's for asking my people to be smart on social media—that's I don't know. You got to choose <laughs> wisely there. Yeah, well, what are you gonna do? Anyway, I, I so think... that's it. But uh, I felt I, honestly, obviously, I, I you know he's a beloved character, and um, everybody's like, oh yeah, he made Chewie come to life, and in my head, I'm like. Did he really make Chewie come to life, or was he just walking around as a man who's seven foot whatever, who just lumbers, and that's how he looks? I mean, no, I think the... he got the role, man. Yeah, but who's a better actor, though? Him or uh, Jonas Sotuomo, who has to actually imitate him, as opposed to Peter Mayhew, who's just, like, winging it from from out of the blue. I think what, what Jonas is doing for Chewie really makes him come to life in reprising the role of someone else, I think that's more, but that's just me nitpicking. Well, I'm, I'm a nitpicker. No, I think you're kind of right. Cause I think my favorite Chewie moments probably all come from the Disney era. Mm-hmm. Cause he's, there has been, well, and I mean, there has been an increased focus a little bit on Chewie as opposed to the OT, I think. But P- I think Peter Mayhew is Chewbacca. I mean, you look at some of the comments that were said about Chewie. I think George Lucas had, I forget what his comments were, but it was it was something. Yeah, he was, yeah. Uh, he was saddened. All of them were really great. Like everybody just loved this guy. Like I'd say, like even people who didn't like Star Wars loved Chewbacca. And I don't want to say it like that because something that kind of upset me, like what Carlos was touching upon earlier about people, you know, making clickbait just to get clicks on, like profiteering, profiteering on on people's deaths and whatnot, just to. Whatever, but on, on the local radio, our local DJ was not in, Terry DeMonte, and this guy called Bad Pete was replacing him, and they talked about it quite a lot in this hour drive I was going to work, but I think only once, and I think it was toward the end, because I think I'm sure someone texted him at one point and said, yo, bro, like have some respect. Like, Not once did he say the word Peter Mayhew. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Chewbacca you know is dead. Like... Okay, he's, he's more than that, you know? Pete Marius is a bit of a putz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Like we, he always has been a bit of a putz. 
Yeah, these guys are they're top forty guys, man. They're like headline news, top forty music, no substance, no nothing behind what they do, just a bunch of hacks. I remember he came to our school one our our college one year for like a, almost like a career day type thing. Yeah, was he on below? Sorry. Well, he probably oh, was. Yeah, definitely. You know, being being like seventeen or eighteen when I met him, it was a little harder to identify those type those types of uh, giveaways. But all he did was sit around telling dirty jokes, because everybody knew. Oh, it's it's Pete Marier. Let's go let's go talk to the guys at the show booth. And he just sat there, kind of just telling dirty jokes. <laughs> Classic rock and roll DJ. But yeah, there's there's some insight into that. But yeah, Ryan Johnson. On Twitter said, uh, R.I.P. Peter Mayhew, to create a beloved character with warmth and humor is a testament to any actor's spirit. To do it under a half ton of yak hair takes a true legend. Yeah. So I, th- I think it's fair to say that Peter Mayhew was definitely uh, the heart and soul of Chewbacca. And that, no, that Eunice has picked up from that. Def- well, look... Uh... Peter actually literally passed the baton to him in The Force Awakens because they kind of did 50-50 inside the suit uh, until he retired. Uh, And then uh, Eunice or Jonas uh, took over for The Last Jedi and for Solo. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But uh, so there was a literal, like, uh, changing of the guard there. You know, and he was able to do it on his own terms, which was, which was nice. I think for sure. Uh, John Kasdan actually had a, a great thing said here. He said, Mayhew did an extraordinary thing, conveyed empathy, humor, and an incomparable soulfulness, soulfulness all from inside that furry suit. My dad, who is of course, Lawrence Kasdan, who might know a thing or two about Chewbacca said, Chewie is the moral center of star Wars. It's something Peter created. And Eunice Otomo has faith faithfully continued and expanded. And I think that's, the part I like best about Chewie, when you if I really had to think about it, is that he he's he is that moral center of Star Wars. Like he's that big hairy angel sitting on Han's shoulder, kinda always steering like Han is always going off to veering off to the right towards trouble and Chewie's always like, No, 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 He's always putting them back on the path. That that's the way you want to go. He's always setting him straight. And I, I I love that about Chewie. So, you know, aside from his courage and his strength and, and his loyalty and all that stuff, which readily comes to mind for Chewie. It's it's really that. Like he's the guy that you know he, although you don't know exactly what he's saying, you know what's going on in his head where he's just like, oh these idiots, this guy, what is wrong with this guy I'm hanging out with? He's he's <laughs> he's just such a screw up. Yeah. So yeah. And that's you know that that's all about Peter, Peter Mayhew for me. And the loyalty. Absolutely. And it's it's funny that that occasion that I did get to meet him, which is twenty years ago now. Uh, I, I bought VIP tickets to that event. And so as part of that, you got to take, we had pictures taken with all of the Star Wars alumni that, that were there, but you had, you got a chance to do a one-on-one photo with one of the cast. And I think at least three quarters of the v- VIPs chose Peter Mayhew when they could have chosen R2 or uh, Jeremy Bullock. There were some other good names there, but everybody wanted to be with Peter, Peter Mayhew. And part of it is you know, I'm going to take my picture next to a guy who's seven foot three. That's awesome. But also it's, it's friggin' Chewbacca, man. And so like, I was, I was all over that. So there was, yeah, I looked at those pictures this past weekend, posted them to social media and they're, they're a little more special now. I'll hang on to those pictures much more dearly. 
So anyway, rest in peace, Peter Mayhew. You shall be missed, sir. I'd say, Kyle, just did he ever really, when you spoke with him, did he, was he like, to me, he looked like uh, so friendly and stuff, but like a bit of a ball buster too, you know, like uh, someone who really liked to laugh. Well, I mean, I met him once, so I, you know, I can only speak like to that experience. Yeah, and it was, I mean, I still remember it quite well. I, no, he didn't, he wasn't a ball buster. He was somebody who, in, he embraced the fact that he was a foot and a half taller than everybody else. So, you know, he, <laughs> he's, there's a picture of me with him and he's got me in a headlock. He did sort of embrace that physical aspect of it. Like, you know, and he, he also had that, the goofy, the goofy smiles, the big grins. Uh, yeah, he, the eye gestures. Yeah, he was very warm and engaging and, and uh, hands-on, I guess, is, is one way to say. He was very approachable. There's there's no, no doubt about that. I think who you saw in interviews and stuff like that is, is definitely the guy that uh, he was across the board. If anybody else, I know there's others out there who have, who have met him, if chime in if if you've had other experiences i'd love to know but i th- i think he was probably consistent okay moving on from that um how about a skywalker saga dvd re-release set in 2020 guys <laughs> this is absolutely absurd it's probably not all that unexpected when you think about it but uh there's a website called the digital fix and they have a rumor which I make no claims as to, to its validity, but we'll kick it around anyway. But I, I find it equal parts exciting and frustrating, partly. So according to their source, which is a UK-based uh, Disney employee who spoke to them under the condition of an anonymity, uh, he claimed to be in the involved in the collection of material for an upcoming release in 2020 of the entire Star Wars saga in a box set. There's going to be a 4K edition and a Blu-ray set. This is this is nuts, guys. This is going to be absolutely just the biggest set in the world. If it's if you get if you choose the 4K version, it's going to be four discs per film. Whereas if you choose oh. the blue if you choose the Blu-ray set, three discs per film, which is kind of par for the course. Per film? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Do the math. Like, if they just do episodes one through nine in this set, and that part is up in the air, they don't know if they're going to include uh, Solo and Rogue One in the collection. That's That decision has gone back and forth. But you're looking at anywhere from 27 to 36 discs. How crazy is that? That's pretty amazing. <laughs> it's, it's ludicrous crazy. It is, yeah, it's ludicrous speed crazy. And then, so, um, there's also, there was also chit-chat about what cut of the OT is rumored to be in the works. You know, I'm sure the, the idea of having the original cuts will come to light again if this, if, if this rumor starts to get, gather steam. But what do you guys think? Do you, like, do you want the original cuts on this? Yes. 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 <laughs> I want the option. Give me the option, at least. You're giving me four discs. Give me the damn option. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree there. I know it's kind of uh, sticky in regards to contracts or whatever they have going there, but having bought Fox at this point, it's only a matter of time. And, you know, I, I think they listen to fandom for the most part. And why not? Give us both, man. There's two out there. Give us the Snyder Cut, man. 
Ooh. Oh god. <laughs> so over that already. Oh yeah, me too. Uh, in addition to the new masters, Disney are in the process of going through all the Fox and Lucasfilm archives in order to release as much material that has yet to be shown anywhere to fans as possible, making this effectively the ultimate Star Wars collection. Stop me if you've heard that one before, ultimate collection, but how much back uh, behind the scenes material can be left at this point? Like what franchise of movies has been so dredged from a behind-the-scenes perspective, that there'd actually be more to give. Well, maybe it's just done in a different way. Even though it's like the same stuff, it's uh, just put together or compiled in a whole different way. Which, I, anyway, I, I'm all for it, man. And like you said at the beginning, Kyle, I really don't think there's... To me, personally, there's no surprise there at all. Some people may say, oh, it's a cash grab. But, you know, having bought the franchise for $4 billion, I think... This was an inevitability. Oh, of course. So, Let's, like, I don't want to see anybody surprised that they're doing this if this yeah, actually it's, comes it's, to light. And it's awesome. Like you said, like knowing now, like the all these extra discs, it's more content, the better, man. Like I love watching Star Wars behind the scenes stuff. Have a nice box set, even though most likely you already have all the videos anyway. Whatever, man. I do, want it. Do you want do you guys want solo and rogue one in it or just no. episodes one to nine? One, two, nine. One through nine. Because apparently they're, they're redoing Solo and Rogue One anyway, and they're going to have it re-released with the new artwork, so it feels part of the brand. But it may not be part of that box set. That That's the thing they're going back and forth on. Look, I, re- I read the article, and to me the article smacks of... it's all To me, it's, it's all conjecture. I don't even know. Like they talk about this source. Oh, we went back to our 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 source, a Disney uh, representative from Europe, and he said this, and he said, "It's like get out of town." <laughs> I, I, honestly, I don't even feel. I don't even feel like that article is real. I don't. I don't know if it is either. That's why I said I don't. I make no claims to the validity of it. No, but I'm. Just, I just. I thought it would be an ideal time to even just discuss whether or not this is makes sense because here's here's oh, the no, thing. definitely here is the rub for me beyond pricing for this thing which i i can't even fathom what the price would be i'm not even going to throw out a number 69.99 <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah sure times it's three like, yeah it's going to be upwards i would say upwards of 200 us that's for yeah for the blu-ray set i would say if i had to, yeah 199 i would say for the blu-ray and like two seventy nine or two ninety nine for the for the four K. Yeah, well, they priced me out of it. So, well, Later. that's the thing. So, but here's the rub: Disney Plus. Hmm. Right, like, why buy the box set when they're just you're the people buying the box set will probably have Disney Plus anyway. And but I, that that that's where I get the conflict because I always want the physical media for these things. Always, always, True. always. And- but it's, what it's about so the weird. extra content as well? You don't necessarily know on Disney Plus if they're going to have these. Exactly. Uh, I don't know, like Jedi. What is it? Well, it Jedi like, and the director. Yeah, all that stuff. Like, the Jedi. All that stuff. You don't know if it's going to be on Disney Plus. I would bet it's not. So maybe, and, and you have to leave some sort of exclusivity a little yes. bit for the yeah yeah for the physical release. There needs to be a reason for people to go out and get it. So I would imagine the behind the scenes stuff. Or like, if they threw throw the the original cuts of the OT up in there, that would be exclusive to the 
the physical release, I would think. Free poster inside. <laughs> no, free, free, free download of a poster, which you have, then have to go out and print. <laughs> no, but when I, when I read it, I'm like, okay, cool. Are, are they going to like uh, give us uh, like uh, they're going to take away that Jabba scene from episode four? Are they going to fix who shot first properly? Are they going to uh, go back to Jedi and give us Yubnub? Nope. Or they probably won't. But nope. like, you know, uh, slice, uh, slice noodles. Like, is, are they going to go back to the original of that? Nope. Like, they won't do they, anything they ha- to tamper with Lucas's vision, which is yeah, which is bad. a special additions. If, yeah, if anything, I'd hope that they would upgrade those special effect shots. But they won't actually edit the shots or take them out. I don't know. I think they, they want to, like, Lucas just went hog wild. Like, Lucas is like that guy who wrote a hit song and then goes back and, like, does, like, four remixes of the <laughs> same he song. He needed to get the engine prime for the, the prequels. He needed a little, they needed ah, to get a little funding going. Yeah, he should have thought more about the prequels instead. It's like, I, I agree with you. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think a lot of the stuff with the special editions felt uh, it was almost like him experimenting. And just Listen, having fun. Buster, if, if I want to get you wrong, I'm going to get you wrong. You understand? What? No, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I, I just like I, I'm I'm on the same page there. I really think a lot of stuff is crammed in there just because he was like, let's see what we can do with this. Like we have the ability to play within this framework. I don't necessarily see it as being his uh, his vision per se. Like he was limited to what he already had to work with at from back in the day, you know what I mean? So things were just being shoehorned in. Like you said, the Jabba scene, I mean, totally unnecessary, but he was like, hey, we got this footage and we kind of got the technology. Let's uh, let's have some yeah, fun and do it. Uh, we for, me, for me, it, it feels like scraping the bottom of the barrel. Like, okay, oh, well, we have this one scene that we didn't use because it was garbage, but let's, let's try to, let's put a bow tie on this pig. You know what I mean? Like, what, what are you doing? Like, that's that's as, as much as I yeah as you know as much as I'm fine with leaving that stuff out I kind of admire Lucas for having the stones to so no flip the bird to all of you this is my thing I know you guys yes. think you own it but it's mine and I'm gonna do it the way I want to do it you don't like it you can, there's the door or go sure. go dust off your other VHS copies and watch those you big whiny baby I like okay. the fact that he says it's mine. I'll do what I want with it. I would like to see if someone stood up for him for the whole Han Solo thing, you know, just like, uh, sir, the only way you can really do this is if he steps on his tail and, yes, let's uh, let's go ahead and do that. But, sir, it really doesn't look great. Mm, yeah, we're going to go we, ahead and do that. Yeah, it doesn't look great, uh, but uh, we need to use it. Yeah, it's there. Figure we it need, out. I, I need to because I my fingers are in all the pies. And if I could teabag this next pie, I would, but I can't. So let's just <laughs> let's just let's just throw everything at the, let's just throw everything out there and see what sticks. And you know what sticks usually? Nope, Poo. I don't know. I don't know. Who <laughs> is? Is there anything in particular that you can think of that you'd want to see on the in these sets as, as a as a an exclusive? I, yeah, I I got I, nothing. I I don't know. I really don't. Yeah, know. I have one thing I want to see. I want to see an edited uh, Revenge of the Sith uh, without the. No. 
Like change that. Make it a growly no. Make it a something different. Like just make it better. Carlos, I can do that for you right now. No, stop. It's called a mute <laughs> it's called a mute button. No. <laughs> I want what I want. What? <laughs> Corey, anything that you want to see from that disc or that entire collection if it ever comes out? comes out well i think then, we discussed sure it right it, at the beginning i think uh i think an option to have uh, watching the uh the original cuts you know as opposed to the special editions it would be nice to have the option of hey just scroll over here and watch, watch what we had originally i mean christ it's not like they have the money to not do it like in anyway it, I, it would I be think nice if they put it's it not, on there i don't think they i don't think they would completely... give you go finish up well, it's not like I'd completely shun the special editions. I'd probably even watch them every now and again too. It's not like, but it'd be nice to get the OT on DVD because, frankly, it's never happened. Well, no, I think the O four blue of O four DVD release has the original cuts on it as extras. Really? Yeah, but no, I have them. I don't. Uh, I don't believe. I don't believe that's right. One, the one of the fairly well, one of the ones released in the last fifteen years or so has it. Maybe I don't know. I know the two thousand four one with the DVD and the Blu-ray. No, no, that was that's from. Uh, no, the Blu-ray didn't come out till twenty eleven. Okay, so then that one, yeah, that one is uh, both. Both versions are the same. It's just that one is for DVD and the other is for Blu-ray. Yeah, so the, yeah, the the I'm pretty sure it's the four. Copies. What is this one? I don't know what this one I have. Oh, I don't know what year this is. But anyway, one of these sets has it. You can watch it. But the thing is, the audio and the video quality are not good. Which is, if if they put it on this upcoming gigantic set, I'm sure it would be the same thing. Where it's like, okay, you can watch it if you want, but we invested zero into this. The quality, the sound quality is crap. You, you can watch it in two-channel two stereo. It's the, the The print is gross. But have at it. Because uh, they're, they're, I think they're still going to want you to watch the, the air quotes definitive version. I, w- I would personally love for them to include somehow. I doubt legally it's possible since other record labels hold it. But I wish there was like a link to the special edition soundtracks like to download the music. That's what I'd love to see as a part of the set. But I think that's an entirely different beast. That's anyway, what I'm saying. I think they do have the money, especially if they're going to charge that much for this whole thing. And granted, I get it. It's nine films with however much ever extra content, but they could revamp the original cuts too. you know, they could. They certainly could. That's that's what uh, Hermes Despecialized versions do. If you really want it in good quality, you can go check out the Hermes Despecialized version. It's out there. All right, let's put that aside. Man, we talked a lot about something that may not happen. But will, will I mean, it's going to happen, right? But wait, actually, let's put this on the table. Corey, are you going to buy it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> are you sure about that? I'm eating chips. Well, of course you are. <laughs> Carlos, I think you're more a digital guy, right? Yeah, ask me if I'm going to buy it. Hey, Carlos, are you going to buy it? Uh, if it's at $69.99, I'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> if not, it's a no, it's a negatory for me. 
I already I already have them all. I, I mean, like, if if you're gonna tell me that there is an option to have the original cuts, or there's like, uh, we uh, we remastered this shot, we re completely reshot this scene, everything in this scene is digital, but with what they could do with facial reconstruction and 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 all that stuff now, I think they could. That whole Han stepping over a Jabba thing won't even exist. Like there, there's a way, there's a way to fix that now. Like imagine, and, imagine they give you a way to build the movie that you wanted. So you could take yeah. this scene from the OT, the original cut, this scene from the special edition, and build your own cut of the movie. Yeah, that, well, whatever. Cool. I, yeah, I mean, and like you know, update the space battles. I mean, they could do so much now. And uh, there's nothing stopping them except for uh, a uh, quote-unquote handshake promise that we're not going to touch the OT. Like, take me to court. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, well, I if, if, I mean, I don't know. If, if it is a handshake thing, I can't see them breaking that. And, and if they, uh, to be honest, like, I try to stick to my word whenever I can. If like if they gave a handshake agreement, live with it. For better or worse, go down with that ship. Live with it. At yeah. least at least until he's no longer of uh, sound mind to protest. And of course, you know all the powers that be that made the, that original deal will probably no longer be at the helm. So, yeah. Anyway, let's move on from that. Um, let's talk about our, our best friend Palpatine in mm. Revenge of the Sith. I don't, has anybody talked about this yet? Only everybody. So let's jump on the bandwagon here. Um, coming out of that trailer from Celebration, the cackle, the laugh, we're all still kind of buzzing about it. But now that, you know, the, the dust is settling and we're starting to really think about what that really means to have this guy back and what sort of impact that will have not only in the movie, but on the saga as a whole. So let's start here. Carlos, how is he finally going to manifest himself in The Rise of Skywalker? How do how will we see Chief Palpatine, if at all? I think we see him as a, uh, a Sith uh, force, uh, force ghost. Just the way you would see Force Ghost Yoda or Luke or Obi-Wan? He's, he's going to yeah, pop it, up? Instead of with a blue hue... Behind them, it's going to be like a red hue. That's interesting. That's yep, interesting. That's that's the way I imagined it. How are you thinking about this, Corey? Uh, I don't know. I kind of went deep on this one. Uh, if you say the word holocron, I'm going to throw something at you. <laughs> Uh, hey, that's, they're, they're not going to introduce holocrons at this at, in the ninth episode of, of uh, a nine episode saga. Like people are going to be like, "What the hell is a holocron?" Even I don't even know what a holocron. Like, like I know it, I know what it is, but it's like uh, I'm not I'm not like that balls deep into holocrons to 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 kind of understand it. And I mean, I do a Star Wars podcast every week, so There's it's like, really understand about them. They're just like history books with a lot of info. Yeah, for the most part. Uh huh. But it seemed like there was more to them in Rebels, to be honest. But uh, that's, that's what I'm saying. Story. That's what I'm saying. It's like it seems like there's like a, there's a whole there's a whole uh, cavalcade of of information behind there. That's like, do you really want to throw that? That's like like well, let's bring Ahsoka into the no, like no. Well, I think if they, they did that, if they if they brought it, and I agree with you, I don't think they will bring in holocrons. But if they did, 
it they would I think in in on screen it would present as sort of like um, a video projector. Like okay. the, I think the casual moviegoer would look at that and go, "Oh, that's like it's like it holds a voicemail except with a hologram." Like we it's know like it as like Tony this... Stark recording himself in the helmet. Pretty much, they'll see it as something like that. It'll be presented as something like that, but fans know that th- these things just hold tons of information. Oh, and by the way, the spo- the the uh, end game spoilers uh, has been lifted. We don't need to uh... as of midnight. It no. Yeah, well, when this releases, it's going to be over. So if I'm going to start, I'm going to start dropping some knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> just letting y'all know. But, yep. Anyway, well, I, but that Far I, From I Home trailer is supposed to be dropping early next week, in which which will carry Endgame spoilers. So yes, exactly. we we can if if they're going to do it, damn it, we can do it too. Exactly. All right, Corey, go ahead. Anyway, like I don't even you know trailers sometimes they want to throw you off, right? Maybe he doesn't even possibly manifest himself. Maybe they just threw that in there because he does something from the past comes up and it comes to the fore. Uh, something like, that re- something that he like he set up maybe. Yeah, like or something yeah. that he'd put in place, a possible future plan, or mm-hmm. possibly even just uh, what he did. Like for example, destroying the Republic and uh, seducing Vader. You know, like pers- I don't even know if we know that Kylo knows that his grandfather was a Jedi before becoming Vader. You know what I mean? We don't know what Kylo knows. So if he gets the full story in this film, knowing how badly Anakin was actually manipulated, that can weigh heavily on him. Like, what have I done? You know what I mean? Like, I've built my legacy based on this guy who I thought he was, and he's not that guy. It could also play on, uh, I'll finish what you started. Maybe maybe the whole time Kylo was talking about Palpatine. Mm -hmm. Maybe Kylo does know Palpatine's kicking around and, you know... I'm gonna I'm gonna finish what you started by ending every the, the Sith, whatever he knows he knows that Palpatine's still running around and maybe that's what he was getting at. No, I don't think so. With the whole Snoke thing, that was his true master. But if I were to go with him being manifested for some any reason, uh, maybe my best guess would be something to do with the Death Star. I guess like we see the Death Star in the trailer. His cackle. Uh, I don't know. It's it's. He got thrown down that well. Maybe, you know, the we've heard of other Sith Lords kind of imbuing themselves within objects. Maybe he's somehow done that with the the Death Star, and it's actually quite a big platform to be able to project darkness from. You know, so maybe that's like uh, something. His essence or whatever, maybe causing like a some kind of imbalance in the force. Like it's it's too dark. It's it's making things unbalanced, right? So that could also be an, another reason why they're there. And I also again watched Revenge of the Sith this weekend. You did? That, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that whole orchestra thing, that whole concept they're watching with the story of Dark Dark Plagueis the Wise. You know, we've always said, oh, he's manipulating Anakin and blah, blah, blah. But I always, there's always some truth to lies, right? And I almost believed him from, maybe it wasn't necessarily like, oh, yeah, you can live in the sense that they're still going to be in bodily form. You know, but there was something there when I watched it this time that made me want to believe that he knows something. He's, you know, he killed his master. His master did figure something out, which he now knows because he knows everything that Plagueis does. Yeah, yeah, you're right. 
And when it comes to this guy, they have almost like an open license to say, well, of course Palpatine knew. He's Palpatine. Of course he knew. And and everybody will go, oh yeah, of course. Like he's he's the smartest guy ever. He's he's the master of the long game. He knows everything. He knows everybody's moves. He's figured you out before you even know what you're doing. Uh, but Corey, I I am I am where you are uh, in terms of how he manifests. You mentioned the comics, and I'm always reticent to pull from comics and say this is what's going to happen on the big screen. But I think it's it's happened too many times in comics and in the new canon where a Sith Lord has attached their essence, their spirit, to an object. And then when somebody comes in contact with, they become sort of possessed by that spirit. So I, I, I think the breadcrumbs are there. The groundwork is there. I think that's how we're going to see Palpatine. And maybe it's, be, like you said, maybe he has attached himself to the Death Star. Imagine Palpatine riding riding the piece of that Death Star down to the surface of Endor <laughs> through the atmosphere and crash landing in that sea on in Endor, if it is Endor. But yeah, that's... that's I think he would, have, he would have cast a spell before dying in that reactor core, whatever he was getting chucked into. But he became one with the Death Star. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, I That's kind of where my head is at. And I think he'll, you know, we see our heroes at the doorstep of the Death Star. I don't know what that means. I don't know if he's going to go body jumping into our heroes or whoever else might be in, in the vicinity. But that's how I kind of see it. Uh, all right. So here's the next thing. How careful does JJ and Chris Terrio need to be with Palpatine so as not to trample on what Anakin accomplished by dis- destroying the Sith and restoring balance. Because remember, that is a thing. That that did happen. Lucas said it, and Luke reiterated that in The Last Jedi. So we know that balance was reestablished. So how far do, can they go? How careful do they need to be so that is to not dilute or outright ruin that? Carlos, what do you think? Wah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, I don't... I... Seriously, like, is there a more flawed character than Anakin Skywalker? I, I don't know. Like, oh, yeah, we got to let's not trample on his suckiness. <laughs> like, yeah, OK, finally, he he, um, he restores balance after like 20 some odd years. It took him um, a while. It took a while yeah, to get there. Yeah. Like, hey, talk about uh, playing the long game there, uh, little Annie. There's a storm coming, Annie. And like, uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't know. I, 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 I hear people say this constantly and it just, it's so cringy. Like it's a movie, man. It's not real life. Like, it's, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't change anything what they do in this last movie. Like, okay. So it does. You're wrong. Shut no. up. Oh, oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's how you prove your point to a jury of your peers. <laughs> if Corey, Corey disagrees with you, you pretty know you know you're wrong. Oh <laughs> uh, boy, yeah. No, I I don't believe it. Honestly, it's like we put too much uh, credence into oh yeah the uh, the mystical, uh, you know the the the, the, the what the you, you just the triggered Corey. Is. You triggered Corey yeah, with well, that word. I I know I did it on purpose. <laughs> and like 
oh yeah, you know, the Jedi's this and the Jedi's that. It's like, what are you talking about? They made it up as they went along. Just get over it. It's a movie. Have fun. Have some popcorn. That's it. Just don't drink too Please. much. Yeah. Don't, don't go to the bathroom halfway through. You know, I, I think... I think personally, I might get might get myself wrapped up too much in this aspect of the conversation, but yeah, I, I I don't think there's like nothing Palpatine does in Episode Nine will undo Return of the Jedi. Like it can't. It, that's already set in stone. But I, I think I think the only thing they can do to air quotes ruin that is to come out and say, "But oh, whoops, I was never dead at all." And balance was never restored. I just let everybody think it was restored. Wink, wink. That to me would be like, oh, dude, that's that. That makes me cringe a bit. Yeah, but what if Anakin comes back and is is the one to help whoever it is to actually put an end to Palpatine? Does that does that retcon Anakin being the chosen one? Like, is is it? Would would that make a difference if that if that was the if that was the whole? That would suck doubly because then it's just like okay, we're re we're redoing that beat from Jedi where yes, Anakin Good. is going to do it again because they're not going to change the fact that Anakin is the chosen one. Good, I'm happy you said that because that 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 to me it says everything right there. Like if you're going to do it, do it so that the story is different, and that look Star Wars. Everything about Star Wars is from a certain point of view. Okay. Yep. So. Like whether Palpatine comes back and and Ray is the one who uh, who who dispatches him like for good, or it's Kylo that dispatches him for good. I mean, Kylo is connected to to Anakin, so th- there's you know like it doesn't diminish what he did. There was thirty years of peace. Yeah, like, I mean, we don't it, know exactly when things went out of balance again like luke says for a time there was balance and that time is undetermined but yeah that's besides the point it, for there was balance we know that yeah so i think people get too wrapped up in the prophecy i think uh, there's been too many people digging their heels in on this thing i think the recent uh, description or written the actual prophecy uh can be interpreted many different ways as well i mean it's very hard to really pinpoint everything Granted, Lucas, like you said, Kyle, did say that you know, Anakin is the chosen one, and I'm not saying that he's not, but at the same time, Lucas did help uh, with the, formulate ideas for Episode Nine. They consulted him and said, you know, they probably asked him, what were you thinking about this whole thing, you know? And obviously, these characters should somewhat be involved, and I don't want to trample on Anakin's feats or anything like that, but I, I, that's not to say for me that there's not a way to add to the prophecy to fully bring ban- uh, balance without negating Al- Anakin being the chosen one and his contributions to it and all that. I think there's a way of tying everything up, with, including Ray. I think the best way we've kind of talked about in that sense is uh, the boys from Brazil, again, Ray being a possible clone <laughs> of Anakin. Like, to me, I... I don't know. I think that's. A, I think it's an interesting idea. I think it's a really cool idea. There's a lot to go from from there. A lot of possibilities. Uh, it just would make for a film a lot of uh, with a lot of mind blowing reveals, kind of you know. And to bring yeah. Palpatine back, why? Like why? Like has if Palpatine is not just imbued himself or done this or done that, and he actually is playing this long game, maybe he did 
plant seeds of the chosen one throughout the galaxy so this all can happen again you know what i mean yeah yeah like i like i said i just think if if, as long as they don't make it so egregious that it's like he was never dead at all there was the balance was a trick i think i think we're fine you know if if they make it whereas i think palpatine We've we've heard rumors of there being a couple MacGuffins in this film, and one leads to another. I think Palpatine is one of the will be, or something connected to Palpatine will be one of those MacGuffins along the way. Whether he's the ultimate one or the 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 misdirect or the first one, whatever it is. I lost my train of thought. God damn it! <laughs> this is what happens at ten forty four on a Sunday night. Oh. No, like it's just it, it, as long as they make it clean, where it's the maybe the adventure itself in nine is what reawakens Palpatine, so that it, I don't I, I don't know I don't know how they do this, but I I don't think there's much danger of it ruining air quotes the the episodes one through six, if that makes any sense. No, I agree with you a hundred percent. I think, yeah, God forbid we ruin uh, what uh, Anakin from episode one. Oh, yeah, spinning's a good trick. Let's try that. (laughs) Yeah, because he's the chosen one. He's the chosen one. He was chosen to be a buffoon and to to destroy that ship from the inside by accident. It was chosen. God forbid we ruin that. That character's messed up, dude. It's like growing up a celebrity almost. Like, Getting ripped away from his mom, a lot of just a lot of. Hey, he chose. He chose there. to go. Yeah, seriously. yeah, but it's still. It's not like it wasn't hard. You know what I mean? Like the other kids didn't have that when they're that much younger. It's it made things a little easier. And again, everyone kind of probably like talking behind his back. You are the chosen one, but we're not going to teach you. Like he was like right from the get go. It was like kind of like a doomed thing. Yeah. I don't know. I think that you got everybody puts too much importance on, oh, the accomplishment of Anakin Skywalker. Look, the the guy uh, he he followed Palpatine because selfishness. He, yeah, because he was selfish, and he turned on him at the last second just because he finally grew a conscience. Yay! You're my hero. Like, come on. Well, I, it great? is important. I mean, that that is the entire message of Star Wars. Whereas, where it's it's. Yeah, you you can be a real jerk for for a long stretch of time, but you always have the ability to stop being a jerk. Yeah, and make can, the right choice. Yeah, you can make the right choice. You can. There's. You, it's a redemption thing. Like everybody can be redeemed, which I agree with. I have absolutely no problem with that. But to make it seem like his arc is this this grandiose thing, all going according to plan. There was. Come on, man. It's like failure after failure after failure. And all he does is kill people who who don't do what he wants them to do. Like, oh, he's, it's messy. It is certainly messy. Yeah, he's, there's nothing great about Anakin's story. Like the, the 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 real story there is Luke. Luke Luke is the one who had the power to actually change Vader. He, he's the one who turned Vader. Yeah, he yeah he, he the the faith and love that Luke showed in in Anakin brought him back. Yeah, so which Luke is, is, which is the real message. hero, as opposed to Luke. Not not Luke isn't the chosen one, but Luke is the real hero of the of the 
of the saga because those are the first three movies and he's the protagonist. Like, like, how do you say that in English? I have uh, no idea. Yeah. Whether you want it or not, <laughs> Luke is the hero uh, because he does things that he believe his convictions are stronger than um, any type, any prophecy. True. Yeah, no, that, that that is that is totally fair. The the OT is is Luke. Uh, and you know, what? the more I think about this, the more I don't think we're gonna see Anakin at all. I don't think yeah. Hayden Christensen will show up in this movie at all, except maybe at the end if there's like that mystical campfire. Maybe we see him there. That's well, it. I, there's not gonna be this Palpatine Anakin showdown. I spent a lot of time thinking about this in the last couple of weeks, but there's no way. Like, I, I feel like these episodes seven and eight have been so focused on Kylo and Rey that there is zero chance that Abrams, who created these characters, is going to then turn back and make it about Anakin versus Palpatine while the other two just kind of sit on the sidelines while the biggest conflict gets resolved. No way. So I, I don't think we see Anakin at all, period. Uh, okay, so lastly here, how can we be sure Palpatine is dead this time? No one's ever really gone. That Yeah, there's there's a line for you that's going to live in infamy, I think. Yep. If, this is, if this is the end and they're marketing it and promising it as the end of the saga, we're all shocked that Palpatine's coming back. But if he's going to go this time... How do they make it clear that he's dead this time? Can they can they do that? Can they convincingly show us that Palpatine is dead this time? I don't think they I mean they could show whatever they want to show, but if in 30 years they decide that he doesn't want to be, guess what? They'll find a way to make him not. Yeah, they'll bring him back, right? There's there's always yeah. a way to do that. So, I, I at this point it's like just give me the best story possible, please. And let's move away from the Skywalker saga because I'm 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 getting tired. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm tired, so... but for com- entirely different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's a whole there's a whole other galaxy there that and stories that need to be told, like the beginning of the Jedi Order and the beginning of the you know Knights of the Old Republic and uh, the Rule of Two and uh, and Plagueis and you know. Broom Boy and the Mandalorians and there's so many other things in that galaxy. Like, can we just move away from this now? Like, no, I agree. I think we, I think we need to get away from the Skywalker saga. Yeah, it's unhealthy. Uh, look, I, I said it last time. I'm going to say it again. I was actually having a conversation today with uh, with some people on the uh, on the set of the the web series that I'm filming, and like, uh, he's like, oh, I like Star Wars, but uh, I don't like this. And I don't like that, and I don't like that they did this. And I, I'm like, you know what? There's no, there's no, ho- there's no hope. There, like, you're never gonna please everyone because everybody's so attached to it. Now everybody's there got was... their own idea of ownership, and like they, they felt, they feel like they know it well enough. And I, I include us and everybody listening. Probably feels like, not everybody, but most people feel like I know it well enough that I think I know what's best and what fits best for Star Wars. But people are yeah. actually, like, a lot of fans can't leave that at the door. So when they see something that doesn't make sense, like a purple-haired lady doing things that the fish guy should have done, which he shouldn't have, um, 
<laughs> they lose it because no, the my my I wanted that fist pump moment. Uh, no, it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. No, we got to get out of here. We we all got to get back on the same level where you know people who have been in this for twenty years or forty years or or ten years. You gotta you gotta take be able to take that away from us where we just have this these weird senses of entitlement and proprietorship over this it's it's the gatekeeping right it's like it's 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 all about the gatekeeping so if what if they uh, come up with something like the benioff and weiss come up with something that's like completely original or in a timeline that we've heard of but have no uh legends or canon uh anything having to do with that then guess what there are no gatekeepers you know there's just going to be whiners who don't like what they did but there's there's no argument uh, to go back and say, oh, well, that's not uh, in line with his character because he did this when he was 25 and God forbid he changes when he's 55. Like, <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. No, no. So, the, well, the, the complaints we'll get out of new Star Wars is that it's not Star Wars, It that it feels like something else. It feels yeah. people will say that it just feels like space sci-fi with the star wars label on it that's what they'll say okay and that's fine which it's may- star wars it's not luke skywalker wars like it's star wars mm-hmm. it, what, what was solo star wars mm-hmm. it felt star wars rogue one was completely star wars oh yeah i mean even if you take away that vader scene it's still star wars sure so like the the you know people need to chillax a little bit like you know I, I'm I'm a, I'm a Star Wars fan I'll always be a Star Wars fan Namaste a Star Wars fan okay but some people need to uh, find the balance in their own life and understand that like it doesn't belong to you yeah exactly it's 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 kind of like a sports fan thing where it, sports fans feels like feel like they're owed something you're not. You buy a ticket to a game, you are not owed a good performance or a win. You want to follow a team, they might suck for your entire life. Yeah. Tune out when if you, you fed up. When you buy tickets to the to uh, at the beginning of the season, you buy tickets for the last game of the season, you're not entitled to that last game meaning anything. Nope. Your team could be eliminated from playoff contention. Guess what? They still need to play that game because those are the rules set forth by the league. Yep. Right. So whether whether the game means something or not, has you bought the ticket. You're there to watch the game. You're not there to watch a playoff contender. You're not there to watch your favorite player. You're there to watch the game. If you don't want to watch the game, sell your tickets, give them away, do whatever you want. But shut up. Yeah, like sometimes people people drive. I drove 12 hours to see my team play and they and my favorite player is not playing tonight. Yeah. Yeah. They don't. Yeah, you, sorry. You, there's no cont- like you, you don't. You're not buying your ticket contingent that Patrick Wapley. My first game at the Forum, Montreal Forum, uh, 1989, I believe. Montreal versus Edmonton Oilers. Okay, and I went there with a sign for Patrick Wah as a little kid, and it was Andre Rasico in that. And it's like, <laughs> or or whoever the backup was at the time uh, might have been I think it was uh, Brian Hayward. Also. No, it was Brian Hayward, and. Um, which I mean, it's not bad. It's not Patrick. Wah. It's not Patrick. Wah, and I wanted to see Patrick, Wah, but guess what? I'm at a hockey game. N- nobody owes me. That player has to play that game. Yeah. You didn't you buy a ticket to Patrick. Wah. 
Uh, anyways, that was my first game there. I spent more time looking at the scoreboard than the ice. Like I was a little kid, I, you know, but j- just to say, it's like, we need to get this, this, this self entitlement thing that's happening right now is it's, it's out of this world. It's, yeah, it, it's, it's absurd. It's a little bit absurd, but anyway, um, you know what? The idea that keeps coming back to mind on Palpatine is. Oh yeah. That's what we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Sheep. <laughs> We've heard the line twice in the the sequel trilogy so far where Kylo says, I know what I have to do. And I feel like we're going to hear it a third time. And it's going to revolve around Palpatine. And in that final scene, Kylo, Rey, Palpatine, it's all going to come to a head. Somebody, one of Kylo or Rey are going to say some variation of I know what I have to do. And it's, it's going to be crazy. I feel like that's going to happen. Anyway, Sheev Palpatine is going to absolutely kill us. We're going to just talk about this guy forever. I wonder if we're going to talk about him again tonight. We'll see. Probably. Yeah, that's something I don't <laughs> want to build myself up too much on until we get a little more information. Even if we don't, I'm cool with that. But I don't want to believe that he's like this major character in the film. I really just want them. I want to believe that they're just trying to really get our imaginations going with this trailer, you know, and that he does have something to do with the storyline. But again, who knows? He might not even be in it. Well, I mean, he, he's going to impact the storyline. I think we can all agree on that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's put that aside for now. Sheev, we'll talk to you again later. Let's, let's take a moment to plug our Patreon, our powerful friends. Let's take a moment to thank our supporters uh, Carlos and Corey, you are both supporters. Thank you. But if you guys out there are listening to this on the main feed, did you know that you can get this podcast earlier by becoming a powerful friend at patreon.com slash tumbling saber? And you can support us from just two bucks a month where we've got Sith Disturbers, which we will be recording this week and probably talking about that other big movie that came out uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, so we'll be talking about that. We do all kinds of other stuff. We have Worthy of Recognition, Saber Rattling Group Calls. We've got the newsletter. We've got uh, other fun stuff that we like to drop monthly. So go check it out from just $2 a month at patreon.com slash tumbling saber. And so then now we jump into the listener questions of the show. And often powerful friends chime in here. We always give precedence to our powerful friends. And one of the great powerful friends, the, the best of the Mandalorians is in first. It's Jeff. It's Mr. Kelts from Sunny Florida. Let's check in with Je- with Jeff and see what he has to say this week. Tumbling Saber Crew, what's up? This is Jeff here from Sunny Fort Myers, Florida, aka the Metal Mando. Hey, it's May the Fourth. So I figured I'd just leave you guys a message. Uh, you know, Happy Star Wars Day. May the Fourth be with you always. Kyle, Corey, Carlos, and Michelle. Just wanted to say, you know, hey, big shout out. Thanks for uh, putting out a great podcast every week. You know, proud to be a patron of your podcast and looking forward to every single episode every week. And uh, I know I haven't chimed in lately with any comments or thoughts, but, uh, you know, I've been kind of into my Game of Thrones right now and baseball season and Tampa Bay Rays are off to a great start. So I'm watching them, you know, almost every day. And uh, just want to let you guys know that I'm, I'm still there, still listening and, uh, you know, you're my go-to podcast. Love everything you guys do. And uh, just, well, hey, one thing I wanted to mention. 
they kind of treated us with some uh, book titles and covers today. So that was kind of neat, right? And what do you guys think about that Art of the Star Wars, um, the cover? I thought maybe that, I'm sure you guys are going to talk about that on your next episode, but that's kind of what I was thinking. What are your thoughts on that one? Like, I'm totally perplexed at this point right now. But anyways, guys, love what you do. Can't wait for your next episode. Happy Star Wars Day, and may the 4th be with you. Rock on, guys. See ya. Thank you, Jeff. Always great to hear from, like I said, the greatest of all Mandos. Uh, all right, guys. I don't know if this this was a, a surprise that Lucasfilm Star Wars gave us on May the 4th. Book announcements. I know you guys don't read, and or I'm not sure you guys can read, but uh, <laughs> uh, did any of these book announcements jump out at you? Yeah, some of them look pretty cool. I think there was, a, what was it, the Collector one? I thought that was pretty interesting. But Force this, Collector? Yeah, I thought that was pretty neat. That's Yeah, that's one I'm, yeah, it looked interesting. I'm going to wait on that one. I'm going to wait to see what everybody says. Cause, uh, I, I feel like that's just going to be a throwaway story. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope to be wrong. Are you, well, gonna, so are you picking that one up? Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But some of the stuff that's leading directly into the film, I'd like to uh, maybe get into, you know. Uh, yeah, Resistance Reborn by Rebecca Roanhorse. I've yeah, never heard of her cool, before. Yeah. But uh, I, I think I'm going to definitely be reading this one. It's the, the, title, the description is, In this journey to Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker novel, Poe Dameron, General Leia Organa, Rey, and Finn must struggle to rebuild the Resistance after their defeat at the hands of the First Order in Star Wars The Last Jedi. I'm. I definitely want to see where they go next. So this is on sale November twelfth. Definitely buying this. This is going to lead me right into uh, the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Carlos, what about you? Anything jumping out at you here? The only thing that I really liked was the uh, the cover for um, the art of the Last Jedi. <sighs> yeah. And it's funny because it brought up something that you had brought up uh, in a previous podcast. I can't remember if it was last week or the week before about how there's something about Ray and water yep. and how she's looking down uh, at the, the water and the reflection is Kylo Ren. Yep. So, it, yeah, there's a little something uh, weird. It's a very yin-yangy yin type image. Yes, yes, yes. And, um, yeah. Well, Nani, not only that, like... Well, first and foremost, I just want to say, Jeff, like, happy Star Wars Day to you as well. So I was so happy to hear your voicemail, man. It was so awesome to hear from you. But uh, that cover, like Carlos, you said, man, holy cow. To me, like, because for the most part, like, the the art of books are concept art for the movies, right? So this looks like uh, something that they've probably, you had brought up, we had talked about, I can't remember if we talked about it on air. But at one point, we had talked about it, that there's some kind of connection between Ray and Kylo, right? And we see in The Last Jedi, and it possibly continues to a more, an even crazier level, man. Like, that image, it could be a possible thing. Like, they're both on different planets, but they're still having a lightsaber fight. You know what I mean? Through water, or whatever it is. Like, Kylo's on on his planet, and this reflection is able to, I, I don't know, like something crazy like that. I, I honestly got that impression from that. And again, with their connection in the Last Jedi, I think it's it's not it's not that hard to believe that that's possible between them and the Force as well. I believe that the Force believe these two are connected, and they're the keys to like 
fixing this fracture in the force or whatever it is, this imbalance. So I don't know. I, I thought that was a really cool cover. It looks beautiful, man. It's a good looking cover. It's it it hints at a lot, like you said, to to how these two can kind of reach across different spaces to one another. And also it paints that picture of 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 balance in a way because Kylo in black, Ray in white, Ray on the, the fiery, violent background, Kylo on the smooth, watery background. It's 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 all kind of played off as a very yin yang type thing, but I I love those art of books. They are just the best. Uh, Phil Showstack is just amazing, both in print and on Twitter. He's he's super informative. They are absolute musts for me anyway. Which reminds me, I need to get these the art of solo. I haven't picked that up yet. Uh, I'm look also looking at the Rise of Skywalker Allegiance from Mar- Marvel Comics. It'll be a uh, five issues, four issue miniseries, which will come out in October. Uh, sort of the same deal. Let's find out what these guys are up to in that time gap between episodes seven and eight. But it's gonna this will have Leia going back to uh, Mon Calamari, or at least reaching out to those allies. And maybe we'll get a conversation about uh, you know the death of Akbar and you know all all it'll touch on some things that maybe we saw in Burning Seas arc in the Star Wars comics, which would be really really cool because that would mean thirty years have passed. So I'd, I'd like to see that connectivity continued. Other than that, um, Justina Ireland has Spark of Resistance coming out, uh, which is. You know, another one of those stories, a little adventure that will have subtle ties to the movie. It's a, it's a middle age group or middle age, middle grade novel, so it'll be an easy, quick read. But uh, yeah, looking forward to all those types of books, Jeff. Definitely looking forward to picking that up. And there's the releases are fairly well staggered. I, I think with the Last Jedi, they kind of dumped everything in the same couple of weeks, and we just drowned. These seem to be scattered a bit more evenly, so I'm. I'm a little more hopeful of keeping up with it this time. So there, that's that. Jeff, thank you so much. It's always great to hear those kind words and be thought of as as somebody's go-to podcast. That is That flatters us greatly, Jeff. So thank you so much for that. And we'll look forward to hearing you from you again soon. All right, so uh, next up we go to the Emerald Isle. Let's head to Ireland and listen to Dave's question this week. Carlos, do you want to read this one? Sure. So this is from Dave Donovan. I have one. Pure head cannon. I'm going to go full zero with this piece of speculation. Oh, Jesus. Oh, jeez. Uh, so R2 has the plants that the start his memory and the entire Imperial archive. What if they mine R2's memory looking for the plans to the Emperor's apartments to go find whatever MacGuffin it is? The Complete Locations book shows us his private apartment atop the spire on Death Star 2. And has some Sith relics and artifacts. And the med center he creates Vader in on Coruscant is a secret lair. And was packed with Sith holocrons and relics and artifacts. And a library of Sith lore. They go to Death Star 2 wreckage looking for the thing. But it isn't there. So they have to go to Coruscant and search the hidden lair. In the med center. But the First Order and Kylo are there uh, before them. And the battle ensues. Okay, not that bit. (laughs) But this could be our gateway into the Palpatine. Uh, of it all. No. R2 has been horribly underserved in this trilogy. Dave, I think that was done on purpose. And if they are wrapping everything up, wouldn't it only be right 
uh, that the little droid that was the key to start it all plays a role in winding it down. I completely agree. Yes. Excited to hear you boys kick it around. May the fourth this marketing gimmick be with you always, Dave. <laughs> Dave, I love this man. I yeah, I love the idea of both sides racing to get their hands on this Palpatine focused MacGuffin first. I love. You know what idea. I love? I love how Dave writes in an email with like a stream of consciousness as opposed to like thought out sentences. Well, I wonder, is it, was, was this voice to text? May I... <laughs> no, I don't think it was, but, um, but yeah, no, it's great. I love that. I love it. It's like, he's on the show with us. It's great. Dave, well, it, it you're shows always Dave's enthusiasm because he's just going time... on his, his, his imagination is running wild. And I, I love to see that. Yeah, exactly. Next time, send in a voicemail. We need, we need to hear your voice, Dave. Come on there, Dave. Oh, gee. Yeah, I, I I love it. It's uh, right, here we are. We're <laughs> we're back on Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if you wanted to go full zero, it would have to be a star destroyer being pulled out of the sky. Oh, oh boy! <laughs> Imagine R two pulls down a star destroyer with the force. Well, he just <laughs> he, he just shoots out his little dart rope thingy, and just pulls it is out there of the sky. A, is there a bigger Mary Sue in all of Star Wars than R two D two? He's never wrong. He's got the perfect tool for every situation. No. R2 is a Mary Sue. The biggest. <laughs> Jesus. It's true. It's a stupid conversation to have because nobody knows what it means. Exactly. Uh, I, I like originally what David said here with the, like you guys said, the whole MacGuffin. Like there has to be a big reason why the Death Star is here. Would be a shame if it's just in the passing. It'd be nice. I know we kind of said blah 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 about this, but man, that would be pretty cool if there was like an epic battle and what's left of the throne room. You know, like that would be. I don't know. The visuals there could be pretty cool. And like you said, like someone getting their hands on this thing before the other uh, could be a lot. That could be really cool. But I agree that R two like Carlos seemed to have hope here. And I hope that is the case because, yeah, like I, I definitely, I need a little more R2. Like he basically stole the show in, in The Last Jedi with the one scene that he really had like a big significant scene in. Like hey, that what, was what just if, amazing. What if instead of racing to get to Palpatine because they need this thing to unlock whatever secret, what if the, what if they're both, what if Kylo is in pursuit of this thing and us as viewers are going, Oh, he's he wants it because it'll make him powerful. But what if he's after it, uh, and it's not revealed to us why? But he wants to get to it so he can destroy it. Yeah, destroy it or get the truth. It's true, man. Like we haven't thought about that possibility. Like I mentioned earlier, that you know, Kylo's might not know about the whole Palpatine manipulation and the whole kit and caboodle about Anakin being a Jedi. He knows Vader, and that's it. Like that's pretty much all he was told before he was swept away by. You know, uh, Snoke. Is it like, and that's perfect for Snoke. Like Snoke fed off that. You know, like he only had one moment of weakness, guy. Like, come on. Like, what if Kylo's after it because he he when he says, "I'll finish what you started," it's like I said before. It's it's to end the Sith for good this time. Because so so he wants to get to that piece of Palpatine lore relic whatever it is inst instead of 
because I, I think by default we kind of think he's after it because it'll just give him that extra bump of dark side power. But what if that's not the reason? No, that's true. I like that point. I mean, it kind of plays into his redemption thing. And, and what in if, way, you know, yeah, exactly. It's Thanos in a way. Like, let's destroy it all. Yeah. and it, it, like, it, Let's just get rid of the Force. And it, it's no good. I, I think when, because when we look at Kylo now as, as viewers, when he's talking to Vader's helmet and he's always asking for that extra dark side power, it, it could be a, a way for him to come full circle as a character to realize if he's going to get power from his grandfather, it's going to be to eventually, and he said, and and to, you know, finish what he started, it's going to be to really stamp out the Sith. And that's unbeknownst to Kyle, Kylo. You know what I mean? Did I just talk my way into this huge circular logic that nobody understands? (laughs) Did that make any sense? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm passively listening. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it's, it's always good to, when you're on a podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you bang on, man. I completely agree with you. So it's... Uh, definitely. Definitely, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that an album title? I don't know. Is that me? Uh, it, uh, oh, is it Oasis? Did I, I just cite Oasis? Might, I think you may have. Uh, God, that that's give, give us more. Give us more R two. Like, I, I, I love him, like, no, I love what Dave, Dave said about that though. That it started with R two and it could all end with R or at least come to an end with R two. I love that. Yeah, journal. What is it? Uh, journals of the Wills. We yeah, I could take those guys. So I could take it or leave it with those guys. But just for R two to have a more active role. In bringing this whole thing to a close, for sure, I'm I am all in. As long as he's not like spewing oil and like letting guys like robots and stuff on fire, like yeah, as long as he's puking out swamp water and uh, you know getting to a tug of fight with a three foot frog. Yeah, there you go. Definitely, that... maybe was a 2008 uh, romantic comedy uh, with Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> okay, not not Deadpool. It wasn't a Deadpool prequel. No, no, it wasn't. Cool. Uh, all right. Anything else here for uh, you know the gateway into the Palpatine of it all? Of it all? Um, how about bit like I mean, this does kind of sound cliche. Like Dave just kind of veered away from it, but we could see an epic battle with the Knights of Ren and all that stuff inside this bog-ridden like swampy or like rusty destroyed death star you know like it could be really like familiar settings but oh damn that's like and it, it kind of relays the film too it's like the end right like this desk star can be kind of be decaying and like falling apart like just everything is coming full circle a bit you know yeah I... knights of ren i don't know what to make of these people i don't know how they fit into this film no idea. Toys, toys, toys. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, for sure. They're gonna play into that aspect. People are gonna go bananas. But yeah, as as far as as their role, no idea. All right, uh, Dave. I don't know if that answered your question at all. But the more I talk Palpatine and we talk Palpatine and all the stuff that that dredges up, 
it pushes it it weirdly pushes Anakin out and pushes Rey and Kylo more to even more to the center and I think that is absolutely perfectly appropriate and Dave yeah as much as as we say we all need to move on as uh, Star Wars fans and grow with uh, new characters and whatnot uh, BB-8 and uh, Dio take a back seat. <laughs> R2, <laughs> steal the show, please. Yeah, I, 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 we can hope, but I still think, yeah, I mean, BB-8's JJ's guy. We, we're gonna get a healthy dose of BB-8, and I don't, I don't begrudge that. I love BB-8, but uh, let, let's. I, Dio. I, I want. The I almost o- feel like, I almost feel like R2's geriatric now. Like the whole time he was at. Acto, you know, he's like just hiding in the ship. Like, it's like I'm so tired. Like, ah, <laughs> you know, like, and like even like at celebration, like Dio and BB-8 came out. Like R2's like, ah, can't be bothered. I'll be at the bar. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, Dave, thanks, man. Let us know if we if we answered your question or if you have any other follow ups or if you want to just say no, you guys suck and you missed everything. Yeah, and send it in a voicemail. <laughs> You're all trash. How's that? <laughs> I love Dave. I love Dave too. All right, let's wind up the show here. Let's wind things down with Katie. Let's have one more session of communing with Katie. So this week, Katie writes in, Hello again. We ha- oh, So we have got the David Benioff and David Weiss trilogy and the Ryan Drill. Dr- Ryan Johnson trilogy to come in the future. So my question to you is this. Would you like to see us take a step away from the usual Jedi versus Sith? I'd like to see us focus on maybe a group of X-Wing pilots, or maybe we follow some clones and their stories. Something like Twilight Company. Following these soldiers about all these different emotions and personalities bouncing off one another. I'd be down for that. As always, creep keep up the great work as always. Katie, thank you so much. So, Corey, what do you think? Jedi versus Sith? I think you. I know what you might say to this one, but uh, go for it. Where, where do you land on this one? Yeah, I don't know. Personally, maybe down the line at some point, but uh, the upcoming series that we actually know about, uh, both of them, I don't see either of them really focusing on that kind of mil- in-depth military aspect. I think there will be some kind of you know, military aspect with battles and all that, but not like a 501st or Twilight Company or Rogue Squadron. I mean, we're going through a big time jump here, so I think uh, we're going to have to somewhat unlearn everything we have learned about the galaxy far, far away from a certain point of view. You know, like, we're going thousands of years back. I would hope that they change it up and things are going to be very different. Like, we're not going to be seeing stormtroopers per se and stuff like that. So uh, things things going to be different. So... Not that I don't like the idea, and I think it's a great idea, but personally, in my opinion, I think it's uh, an idea that lends itself much more so to the Disney edition streaming service. So Yeah, no, I I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, come on. We we get these long, sprawling things. uh, You you get more character development and story depth, and it could just be epic, right? And you can even possibly, if you have more than one series at once, you can start having crossover episodes if you're playing in the time same times era. And I, like I don't know if we're, we're not, I'm not uh, mistaken here, but certain streaming services have spoken about 
not necessarily like a choose your own adventure, but how how is this for a possibility where you know two series kind of debut at the same time? Or it's basically two shows from two different views. You can watch both or either or, but you're getting the not necessarily Empire or Rebellion, but something along those lines, the good guy side and the bad guy side. So you're watching both shows and they both meet for the climax kind of at the end of the show, like 10 episodes in the 10th episode. It's both shows meeting up together kind of for this crossover epic. Right. And then you got to be like, oh, man, like I kind of like even the bad guys, like I've grown to kind of like them. And it's an interesting concept for sure. And I, I, I guess it goes on to what the DNA of Star Wars is to Lucasfilm and what they see it will be in the future. Like, it's the the good guys and bad guys are always very clear. And I know they've done a lot to kind of try and humanize villains, especially in, in print. But I, I don't know. I don't know if how... Lost Stars. This is a book. Still. <laughs> but that's what I mean. They, like, they kind of humanize... For sure, that, and that's what I mean. But I, I don't know if the if they'll do that on the big screen. Like Star Wars, I think on on big screen is always it's always very easy to see who the good guys and bad guys are. Yeah, it's well, a big it, like, story. Like, well, I, I kind of agree with you there, and even at that, I think if you did watch the say you t- chose the Empire option, I mean, yes, you could grow attached to certain characters. Maybe they'd be honorable or whatever. But at the same time, you could innately evil. Well, yeah, you could see it as like if they put Lost Stars. If they imagine they conceptually did this with Lost Stars, where they split it into two different shows. One you follow it from from Thane's point of view, and the other you follow from Sienna's point of view, and she's Imperial. And you go through the show, and you like Sienna because she's she's likable, even though she's Imperial. But the rebels are all branded as terrorists, extremists, criminals, right? So. If you took, went into the show that way and tried to adopt their mindset, it'd be weird when you go to the other side and, and go, oh, wait, actually, no, the, the, the rebels are actually, are they're the, actually the heroes? Like, of course, we would know because we understand the story. But that, I, I, I think they've been doing that intentionally a lot in print, but I don't know if they would do that on screen. It'd be interesting, but definitely some kind of military thing. And I'm down for that, man. Like. I love a good military story. I think, you know, Clone Wars had a few good arcs, but it would be nice to get a season of like a troopers kind of thing, something going on there, military style, like like elite commandos, totally down with that. And even more so like uh, flying, like a crazy rogue squadron show would be absolutely incredible. Yeah, I think that's the thing is that these things need to be like in shows or or animated or or something of that nature. I don't think they're going to they're going to put their uh, all their money, all the cheese on on a on a trilogy uh, for like a Rogue Squadron or or X-Wings. And and X-Wings, I mean, the timeline of X-Wings is what is about from the end of solo around that time when x-wing starts showing up rebels somewhere in the yeah. rebels timeline is the first appearance of x-wings i That's mean it, we so. see them we see similar models of ships much bigger in revenge of the sith but yeah 
the arc uh arc 170 i think is one mm-hmm. if i'm not mistaken anyways but but yeah i don't know i think those are those those stories are are too small and they're they're um the the focus is too small uh for it to be a trilogy i would say uh, so to answer Katie's question, would you like to see us take a step away from the usual Jedi versus Sith? I would say yes, because from uh, f- from this whole saga, we've had uh, the Sith being a master and an apprentice. So the rule of two, right? So I, I want to see how we get there. I, I want to see how the-, the the Sith could have like an army and then all of a sudden... Uh, Darth Bane decides that no, it, we need there needs to be a master and an apprentice, and like where we get to that point, where they could become more, um, more deceptive and and uh, conniving. I, I want to see that. I want I want to get to that point, and I think that's where they're going. So it's not going to be the usual Jedi versus Sith thing, but it's going to be uh, the prequel to what we understand of the Jedi versus Sith. That's what I want to see. Yeah, like when when I think of Star Wars on the big screen, I I, I want the whole thing. You got to give me the whole enchilada. I I want like the the Epic military side opera. of it, but I also want the force user side of it. I yep. if it's if I'm and I think when they you know recalibrate, don't forget or, the political aspect, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, it, it's there, Corey. It's it's important. You you don't have to <laughs> like it, but you need to shut up and accept it. I, I like I like it. <laughs> I've just received word that the Emperor has dissolved the Imperial Senate. In episode four, in the first twenty minutes, they talk about politics. For just sure. Civil, not, civil war is uh, isn't uh, civil war in the opening crawl for New Hope? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. No. Like I, I want the whole enchilada. Like I, I want force users. I want military action. I want. You you got to give me that if you if on the big screen that's that that's where you got to get me and I think when they had that big uh, you know when they circled the wagons last year following Solo and and when they kind of hit the brakes and went what is going on here what direction are we headed in I think that may have come out in the wash where Star Wars on big screen is going to be an event film they'll be less frequent boohoo less and no more anthologies. No more smaller stories, no more origin stories, unless it's part of an epic. Uh, none of that stuff. It's now going to be big event-style films on the big screen. And like you said, Corey, all, anything else? Disney Plus is their playground now. It's so, unfortunate because we did get that military too. film. You know, with Rogue One, we got a military film, which was absolutely awesome. And Solo 2 kind of opened the door for... Uh, something Katie had talked about, like maybe these these groups of uh, the partisans and um, oh man, the cloud riders, MPs, yeah, the cloud riders and MPs nest and these different cells kind of starting to deal this with all this coaxium now that they can actually establish something. Like we get the actual big like root foundation story of the rebellion. I think we have to open. add this wrinkle to it, to the conversation, where if if they were going to do two or three Star Wars movies a year, do whatever you want. Like, as long as I have one trilogy where it's it has everything, if the, if the other ongoing series of films was about 
a gang of pilots or a group of soldiers or the Cloud Riders or what have you, I'm, I'd be fine with that. But if Star Wars is now going to be once every couple of years on the big screen, it's it's got to deliver that whole Star Wars experience for me now. Yeah, I got to agree with you there. And like, it's, it sounds like that's where we're headed, where it's Star Wars films will be less frequent, maybe once a year at some point. But yeah, you, you got to hit me right between the eyes with the, with the whole thing. And use, use Disney Plus like crazy. You could, you could throw as much in there as you want. And frankly, I think uh, like when you, when you can do 8, 10, 12, whatever number of episodes, it lends itself better when you're covering a team of people you know, following them in like a long form story. I think it just works better that way. I have a feeling too, like uh, military wise, anyhow, like we're going to be getting this somewhat fulcrum story. Most likely. I don't know if it's an origin story or whatever they have planned for Cassian and, or, you know, we got K2 at SO coming back on, but you know, if it's an origin story, fine. I'm cool with that. How they all get together and yada, yada, yada. But at the same time, you know, in the long run, we're going to get the, this military aspect and, I think I think they could carry the show on their own, these two actors. But at the same time, I think we're going to have a bit more of a solid cast. Oh, like, for sure. You don't want to have two shows. Like, their first two shows that they've actually announced, Mando and this. Mando, again, like, he's looks like a standalone kind of guy. Like, yes, we'll have characters that are established and whatnot. But this is like a, like a very, very uh, guy that's like, um, you know, like by himself kind of. The lone you wolf. don't want to, yeah, the lone wolf. You don't want to have the second show. Here's another lone wolf. You know what I mean? No, Cassian. So I, think, I, I think where that's the Mando kind of operates independently with some loose affiliations with people. Cassian is obviously connected to the rebellion and a bunch of other agents. So even if he goes deep undercover, you know, uh, we'll still see him interfacing with perhaps even Mon Mothma herself. <clears throat> Or, you know, whatever, whoever else he reports into. Yeah, or to, like Katie was saying, like uh, like certain squadrons, military squadrons, making recurring roles or something. Absolutely, for sure. Carlos, did you chime in here? I may have. You may have. I don't, I'm, 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 pa- <laughs> I'm only passively listening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, yeah, I said that I was pretty, um, pretty much uh on board for the the creation of the rule of two like i, I that's that's right. where i want to that's where i want to go yeah so, I, yeah we need the force in the long run like on film maybe not necessarily it'd be nice if we still got these anthologies but it really seems like they're going to exploit the whole disney th- streaming service and the, with the unfortunately again like solo not doing so well they really well, well look at their whole let's, playbook let's let's just be clear on that it it did fine for an origin story type movie it didn't do well based on what everybody thought a star wars movie would do yes that's always the the asterisk to that to that box office performance but there is something there to me honestly like the way how rogue one did so well as opposed to this there was something up with the timing and all that i think it had a chance to do a lot better in a different time slot yeah probably I i think that's fair uh, what do you think of the the two trilogies that are coming, the Game of Thrones dudes, and and Ryan Johnson? We know they've been talking. Now, is this sort of like macro level 
bird's eye view type stuff for the galaxy at large? Or do you think their movies are going to play into one another where they kind of maybe they maybe they're going to take a page out of Marvel's playbook here a little bit and have these films layer one on top of each other and lead up to something. I think it, it awesome. has more to, I think it has more to do with story group. Like I think it ha- like if, if, if one, um, let's say, uh, one of the, the two trilogies has to do with something that's 2,500 years ago. And the other one is a thousand years ago. Well, y- you can't set up the rules of the trilogy that comes later without the backstory of the other one. So they need True. to work together a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that's more with what, you know, uh, what their, their involvement with each other's trilogies has to do is just more like, okay, cool. Like if we're going to talk about, um, this Sith Lord, uh, like he needs to exist in your trilogy. So, or at least like, you be, ha- need to be aware of him. Yeah. Like don't say that he's the one who set it up and then we're saying that somebody else set it up. Like. Because you can only use from a certain point of view so many times, like because reasons, so many times. Yeah. Like now no. they have now that now they have an opportunity to actually do something properly, as opposed to everything George Lucas did. Well, exactly. Now there's an opportunity to lay out a clear vision for a certain segment of the galaxy in a certain time span, and have like a Bible, a playbook exactly. for this. His name is uh, Pablo Hidalgo. There's the whole story group, and that's that's part of their job is to help sort that out and work through it and develop it. And but remember, that's what they need, I think. With the, just having that, just having that info out there to the general public, saying we have a plan this time, will I, I think cut out so much criticism at the knees for people who are like, no, they don't know what they're doing. They're making us up as they go. If we, if they know, if people know up front that there is a long game plan in effect here. They're going to be much more content to just sit there and let that play out. Yeah. Um, but if they don't have uh, credit, credit and credit scenes. People might just miss out, you know, but I, I don't think they're going to do the whole Avengers format or Marvel format. Like you said, Kyle, like I think it's more what Carlos was saying is, you know, we can't stomp on each other's feet too much with what we do here. Cause one's coming before the other and vice versa. If that is the case, I I truly believe that Ryan's going further back, all the way back. Yeah, I don't know. I it's hard to say. But anyway, there you go, Katie. There's there's our replies. I think generally we agree. Big screen means big events, and Disney Plus is the playground. Go do, go do stuff there. All right, guys, that is going to do it for this week. And uh, once again, thanks to Jeff and to Katie and to Dave. Great questions again this week. You guys really, really set this show alight. So thanks for that. And if anybody else wants to be part of the show, you can send your questions into tumblingsaber at gmail.com and we will play your questions in a future episode. And if you like this episode of the podcast, there are a variety of ways in which you can help us to grow. And uh, want us to, again, please be co- consider becoming a powerful friend on Patreon from just two bucks a month at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. And secondly, you can subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice and leave us a review. Still need to read some reviews. We got we to get some reviews going. Makes us, we f- makes us, it validates us. Makes us feel good about ourselves. So leave us a review somewhere, anywhere. 
and we'll read that on an upcoming episode as well. And then lastly, share this episode with your friends on social media. If they love Star Wars, if they need more Star Wars in their life, maybe they'll like to have us as part of their life, as part of their podcast playlist. So do that. Share us with your pals and spread the uh, the word of mouth. And also a big shout out to our friend Rob Wade from Emotionally14.com for sharing this episode of the podcast and all, uh, all episodes of Tumbling Saber on his website, Emotionally14.com, as part of the E14 Endorsed Program. So go check that out. We encourage you to go check that out and get some laughs. Subscribe to their podcast while you're there. And finally, check out our friends at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. We're down to eight shows now, but that's okay because we still have eight great shows for you to check out and fill up your podcast feed with. So go check them all out, StarWarsCommonwealth.com or on iTunes as a podcast provider. They're all doing great work. Everybody is slicing up nerddom in a different way, and uh, it's it's well worth your time. So go check out all the variety of hosts and shows at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. And finally, once again, good luck to the Tatooine Sons, David, Sam, and Nate. Good luck over in your new home at the MSW Network. So finally, guys, with all that out of the way, Carlos, where do people find you on social media? On social media, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at C Candido Music. You can search for me on Facebook at Carlos Candido. And uh, if you want to be a supporter of my music, you can go to patreon.com slash Carlos Creates for as little as $3 a month. You become a patron and you'll get new music every month. Uh, and I haven't missed a month yet. A brand new track dropped this week. Uh, I think it's pretty good if I do say so myself. So go check it out. Patreon.com slash Carlos Creates. And Corey? Friends, Romans, countrymen. You can reach me at Chop Rules with a Z. Yeah, and uh, find us again on our uh, closed Facebook group. It's always fun to geek out there. And yeah, it's, uh, it's been fun lately, man. There's been a lot of stuff going on. So join us. One of us. One of us. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, you can find me at Tumbling Saber on Twitter, Instagram, and in the Facebook group, like Corey mentioned. Come come knock on the door there. We will let you right in, and uh, we'll have some fun. So that's it, everybody. Uh, have a great week. We're going to be back with uh, our powerful friends this week, talking, talking Endgame, I think. We're going to do that this week. So if you want to hear our spoiler-filled ramblings about that, come join us on as a powerful friend. You'll get that. And uh, until then, have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you in episode 175. Cheers, everyone.
just my 